0: It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, the, the Haystack Show with Mike Guido,
1: and it is so good. Yep
2: We're gonna celebrate
1: Yeah, could've seen that coming
2: <laughs> You knew, you could knew what it was gonna seen be seen that coming You knew what it was gonna
1: be Yep <laughs> You're darn right about that Welcome to the Haystack On the Worldwide Sports Radio Network iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio uh, WorldwideSportsRadio.com Facebook Live, Twitter, Periscope We're everywhere, you're in the right place Number to call 631-676-2968 that is six three one six seven six two nine six eight. Call us up. Join the conversation. This is the haystack on the worldwide sports radio network. I'm Mike Guido. He's Evan Mazza, my producer. Good to have you in here on this Tuesday. I feel like crap today. Man, um, I really do not feel good. So we'll see how this goes. Um,
3: we'll again, more-
1: if, if we if we cut it short, I apologize. I apologize also for the late start. Uh, it's been a really tough couple of weeks. Uh, you know, I got, a few weeks ago, I started feeling like I was going to be able to get back into things, and um, I guess a couple of things, uh, a, a couple of shifts in my, I guess I'll call it treatment, um, have have taken place, and in the past couple of weeks, uh, it has just, I, I really have not felt fantastic i still don't feel good today um so again we're gonna see how this goes but we do have a lot to cover um
2: one minute we we'll are take it one minute at a time you know one, one day at a time
1: one minute at a time yeah more like one yeah. second
2: one second, at, uh, yeah, one
1: second at a time uh-huh. yeah um but okay no we've got we we do have plenty to cover today uh anything that i don't get to today i'm sure i'm going to get to on thursday i will not be here tomorrow um again more uh Medical crap. I guess you can call it. That's basically what it is now. Crap. It's driving me crazy. Swear to God, it's it, it is frustrating as all hell. But um, anyway, NCAA tournament. That's fully underway. My bracket's actually doing relatively well. I've got four, it's doing well. I've got fourteen out of sixteen Sweet Sixteen teams. Um, so I'm actually doing pretty well uh, in the bracket. What, I was, was I was t- the one guy. Um, I feel like I was the only guy that picked Murray State to beat Florida State.
2: I did. No, I did. I did too.
1: I picked I Murray pick... State to beat uh, to beat Florida State. That bit me. Uh, and I had another one. Which? What was my other one? Oh, um, I had Villanova beating Purdue. The, those were the two games that I got wrong in the in the uh, in the Sweet Sixteen. But um, Purdue
2: just—I think Purdue dominated Villanova, didn't they?
1: Purdue dominated. Yeah, Purdue dominated Villanova. Um, I, I got news for you. I. I haven't lost. I'm just. I'm glad I haven't lost a Final Four team yet, and I almost did. You know, if if it with was her. a bad rim luck with Duke, oh, and UCF, <laughs> holy cow! <laughs> that did that game, not take your breath away? That, my goodness, that
2: game was sensational. That game was amazing, uh-huh. <laughs> unbelievable.
1: I understand, and that, and 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 we're going to talk about Zion in a second. Uh, but my Final Four is Duke, Gonzaga, North Carolina, and Tennessee. No Kentucky? No Kentucky. No Kentucky. I got um well yeah, I have North Carolina beating Kentucky. Right. Um and then my national championship is Duke North Carolina again and then I got Duke. Um but again, my brackets actually doing relatively well. Who would have thought that every 9 seed would advance? Every single one. Every 9 seed advanced. Crazy. And then there were 3 five uh 512 upsets. 3 the only five seed that advanced was Auburn. That's
2: it. Yeah, Every
1: other twelve seed advanced. Oregon Baylor. advanced. Murray State advanced, and um, Liberty ter- advanced. In
2: terms of nine seeds, Baylor beat Baylor. One Baylor beat Syracuse. UCF beat VCU to get to Duke.
1: Yeah, UCF uh, VCU I think was the only one I got right hmm. out of the out of the eight nines. Because I think uh, I picked to I picked Ole Miss to beat uh, Oklahoma, and then what was the other one? Um, uh, it was then. I got. Oh, UCF, Washington
2: beat Utah State.
1: Yeah, I picked Utah State to beat Washington. That's what I did. But again, those game, all those teams that I got wrong. Well, actually, all the eight, nine seeds are now gone. They're all eliminated. Mm-hmm. Um, so UCF. My camps. fiance and I, I. There's a real shot at this happening as a dark horse for the title. My fiance picked Auburn to win the whole thing. Did she? Yeah. I, and I'm look. The more I watch them, the more I kind of believe it they they are they're really good Charles Barkley's gonna be happy
2: but the call we to to your guys in Tennessee oh no so that's, no, that's, no, that's, that's, um, that's Purdue My that's no they play um that's Purdue they play
1: UNC they play North Carolina
2: yeah that's Purdue my bad
1: but uh, I'll tell you what Auburn's got a real shot at beating North Carolina uh, I, look there, there is not a one seed this year and even Duke with as much star power as they have that they, they are not untouchable they can they can lose they can lose. They almost lost to UCF, and they were a nine seed. Okay. And I, I get a big reason of that was was Taco Fall and his rim presence. Um, and they're not going to face another guy
2: like that. Um, they had a struggle, too, against North Dakota State. They're only up by five or six by yeah, the Yeah. But then they,
1: they took over. They took, this, they did. They took they over. They took over in the second half. It was a show in the second half. Um, but anyway, let's get into this. Zion Williamson, um, He's now my favorite player ever, Um, and I'm pretty sure people can figure out why. You know, I, I always talk about specifically on this show that there needs to be virtue in loving the game of basketball and committing to your team and your teammates. There has to be virtue in that. There cannot be this sense of pride amongst players where if you don't play, you are serving a cause for your kind. Right, You're, You are serving a cause for, for players like you that are simply just trying to get their money and take care of themselves. And I understand the whole get your money part. Believe me, I do. But there has to be virtue in making a sacrifice for the cause that your team is trying to accomplish. Zion Williamson did that. Zion Williamson did not care about his injury risk. In fact, what have we seen in the past couple of weeks? Actually, I'll even expand that. In the past month, how many times have we seen players that are preparing for the NFL or the NBA draft or whoever that have gotten hurt while working out? Players get hurt while working out. Jeffrey Simmons got hurt working out. I mean, these these things happen. You're in the gym, you're lifting weights, you pull something, oh boy, something doesn't feel right, you feel a pop. I've said this a million times, it doesn't matter if you're playing, you're practicing, you're working out, you're doing anything. Athletes that are at this caliber get hurt, and it is just, it boils down to science. It boils down to science. Usually... Players get hurt. I'll tell you why athletes get hurt and I've said it before. Athletes of this caliber get hurt very often simply because their bodies are so tight. When your muscle fibers and and your tendons and everything like that are stretched to to the maximum extent, right? Which gives you that 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 Incredibly strong, athletic, lean figure, right, and that stature. It's just when your tendons are pulled that tight, uh, of course they're, they're they're more likely to snap, right? If you take a a piece of string and you dangle it like this, right, which is kind of like my muscle tendons. If you dangle a string like this. And try to cut it with a knife You're not really going to have that much success But if you, Me and Evan are pulling a string like this And we, got, and we have the, oh, this, this massive amounts of tension On this piece of string We could probably break it with our finger It's just that simple Athletes get hurt They do Zion Williamson is 285 pounds. If he went to the NBA today, he'd be the second heaviest player in the league next to Boban. He'd be the second heaviest player in the league if he entered the league today. The kid's a physical specimen, okay? His body is so strong that he burst through a shoe, And you know what? He came back and played regardless of the
2: risk. He said it himself right before he came back, he said, No, I want to play. Right. And he pretty much he essentially said himself, I want to play. Yeah. Cause when, cause when and not only hurt,
1: did he do that, but he called out the people that said that he shouldn't. And that's the part that I love about this kid. Zion Williamson cares about what his team and quite frankly himself. What they're trying to accomplish. He did not say, you know what, I'm I'm just going to go to Duke so I can go to the NBA and blah, blah, blah. No, it actually mattered to him that Duke were to be the the ACC champs. It actually mattered to him that, you know what, Duke's got a real shot at winning a national title. I want to do that. I want to be part of that. You have to give credit to a kid that just simply wants to compete. He just simply wants to compete, and I'll tell you what: the fact that he came back, even if he does get hurt again, does anybody really think that he's still not going to be the number one pick? Seriously, he still
2: no he 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 still would have been the number one. Probably still would be the number one pick, even if he didn't come back. I'll I, think tell you, I, I think I agree with that.
1: I'll tell you how much. Injuries and sometimes injuries do plague players. They do. I'll tell you how much injuries plague players for the majority of them. Let's just take first round talents for example. Montez Sweat, who is a a, probably a top five pass rusher in this year's draft, right? Yes in the NFL. (coughs) Was diagnosed with a heart condition? and he's still projected to go in the top 15
2: during the combine he was he, they revealed that his right. condition
1: he's still projected to go in the top 15 that's how much injuries affect you that's how much conditions with your body affect you they don't really you know in some cases yeah absolutely Absolutely they do. Maurice Hurst last year was a first-round talent defensive tackle fell to the 5th round because he had a serious heart condition, right? Now he plays for the Raiders. He doesn't really play much, but he but he he's, you know, he's on the Raiders roster. They took a 5th round flyer on him or whatever it was. But Zion Williamson is the most hyped and to be honest, probably the most gifted College basketball player that we've seen in a long time. Probably the best NBA draft prospect since LeBron. I mean, this kid is really that good, and he does everything. No, he doesn't shoot threes incredibly well. He shoots 33% from three. Right? He doesn't take very many. He only takes two a game. Okay, his field goal percentage overall, despite shooting 33% from three, is about sixty-eight and a half percent. He shoots seventy-five percent from inside the arc. That's absurd. And he's the biggest, strongest, fastest player in college basketball. To close out the UCF Duke game this past weekend, he di- he went directly at the largest guy in basketball period not college or pro in taco fall of UCF who is seven foot six seven foot six and I'm sure he weighs somewhat of uh, probably about 300 something pounds because if you're seven foot six you got to have some weight Zion took him on -on one-on-one and won the battle and Zion's a foot shorter than him.
2: Taco Fall is seven foot six, two hundred and seventy pounds.
1: 270. So Taco Fall's actually lighter than Zion Williamson. Lighter. But if you look at Taco Fall, he doesn't look like a small guy. He doesn't look tall and scrawny. Taco Fall's
2: pretty ripped. We talked about yesterday on Chalk Talk how big his how big the fact that he got fouled out because he probably he might get that rebound that Zion misses. Oh, he doesn't he,
1: he might not get that rebound. He was definitely gonna get that rebound.
2: Him uh, fouling Mike, out of Mike that game rebound. was crucial. Might get the rebound, not might not. Yeah, but might get the rebound.
1: He he was going to, he was going to get that rebound, and it led and it led R.J. Barrett to the opportunity to to get that board and and put that back right. And yeah, it was bad rim luck. But I I, I was thinking I was thinking this weeks ago when the ACC tournament started. Right when the ACC tournament started and I saw Zion walking out on the court, I was like, you know what? That I just, I just grew so much respect for this kid. That unless I'm the Phoenix Suns, just because it, it I it, you
2: think they should take Jam- John Morant?
1: I think the Phoenix Suns specifically should take John Morant just because they are in desperate need of a point guard. That is the only reason I think John Morant's a better fit in Phoenix, and I think they could get away with it. At number one, if they do get the number one pick. If you are any other team, whether you're Cleveland or whether you're the Knicks or any other team, does not matter. You are picking Zion Williamson number one overall. You're picking him number one. And I look, I, 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 I want to I clarify something really quick, okay? I, I, I am a guy that believes that special is something that you see. I cannot believe some of the people that I see, that I hear, including some people on this network, you know who you are, (laughs) that they don't, uh, Zion Williamson can't play bully ball in the NBA. Who in the NBA is bigger than him? Who in the NBA is more athletic than him? Zion Williamson is not the most dominant player in college basketball. He is the most dominant, and and I'm talking about physically. He is the most dominant, physically dominant player in basketball. In the world. uh, He's more physically dominant than LeBron James. He's more physically dominant than Kevin Durant. He's more physically dominant than, I would say, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis is longer, but he's a lot skinnier. Zion can do anything he wants to on a basketball court. Oh, but he can't shoot. When has that mattered? Oh, but he can't. He's not great finishing with his right hand. Uh, well, when has that mattered? I see him go to his right and finish to his left every game. The kid is special. And this is not as good as Zion's going to get. Zion shoots 33% from three, if that goes up by two or three percent over his career, he's a good three-point shooter. 35-36% from three is pretty good, for a guy his size at least. It's pretty good, he can stretch the floor, you can't leave him alone over there, because he can hit it. Oh, and what happens if he's able to finish with his right hand, if if it takes two years of development for him to do that? Uh, yeah, it, it gets pretty scary to think about. The kid is special. And you know what the most special thing about him is? And I've said it before. He has a commitment to winning. That is the one thing that I look for. If I am a GM or if I'm a scout or anything like that for a professional team, that's the most important thing I care about. Because if if you're on the draft radar, you've got the talent, okay? I, like, nobody's going to argue that if I'm drafting in the lottery, I could look at any of those 14 kids that are going to get taken in the lottery and say, all right, well, you're pretty good, and you're, you're good enough to help my team win, right? I, I could look at you and say, yeah, I... There's a pretty good chance that we could do something with your talent.
2: You can't teach commitment. Here is um, I got a clip of um, get up this morning from ESPN. Johnny Dawkins, the head coach of UCF, who Uh obviously they just played Zion and just had. Oh, I heard what he said this morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: Wait till wait till you hear this, guys. Yeah, here's a clip of
2: it.
3: He receives a lot of you know notoriety. He was better, and that's rare for me. Usually, there's somewhat of a, a letdown when you see the player after you've seen so many you know, highlights and you've seen, you read so many articles, he was better than advertised, and, and that's the first thing that stood out. And then his will to win, uh, when it came down to that time and it becomes a possession-possession game late, You know, the things he did in that game as a freshman, probably 18 years old, to do the things he did on that stage, uh, just, you automatically know he has special written all over him. At our level, on the next level, it's not going to matter that young man uh, is going to be great. I mean, he's—I've watched him shoot. His shooting's only improved throughout the season. He's a better three-point shooter. He went three for seven against us. Uh, stepped up and made big shots all night. Uh, I, I can't say enough good, positive things about him and coach and what what they're accomplishing because uh, he's—he is truly. Uh, I, I think he's going to end up being a Hall of Famer when it's all said and done. Hall of
2: Fame. <laughs> hey. Hall of Fame. That's high praise. Oh, but, look, he, but that's we got a long way to go before we get I to that can't, point.
1: I can I I am we got a long way to go. Look, I I understand that that the claims about him are very far-fetched. Okay, and I'm going to leave it at this. Okay? I was I got into a conversation with my uncle about um we were talking about the tournament um and he was talking about St. John's and how St. John's really just blew their chances of even after they got in, they blew their chances of of you know, really getting in. After losing to Arizona State. Right. Um, and it was kind of like... We were talking about guys like Chris Mullen and 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 Ewing uh, with Georgetown. And, and you know, at Barkley at Auburn and everything. Like, we, we were talking about, like, some of the greatest college basketball players ever. And I told him, like, look... Even if he doesn't win a national title, Zion Williamson is going to be on that list. And... He's like, well, he would look real good in a Knicks jersey. And I said, look, I'm going to tell you right now, and this is just a prediction, okay? If Zion Williamson were to go to the Knicks, he would end up, by the end of his career, being the best player in their history. Better uh, than Ewing? Better than Ewing. I, I, I Look, Zion Williamson better is... Better than Frazier? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well I, well, I think Ewing's already better than Frazier, but... Um, but
2: okay, fine. No, I'm just I'm just listing some of the Ewing, Ewing I've ever i had. think Yeah, yeah. It, Patrick
1: Ewing. Is the best. Ewing's Ewing's the best player in their history, and I think he'd be better than Ewing. And I know that that's high praise, and I know that that's far fetched. I, I just get don't
2: it. Wanna, I just don't want to put too much on. Him. At the end of the day, he is only 18 years yeah, old. Yeah, but but I don't that's put the thing. And, him. But that's the thing is there's already is. I know there already is, but I think. Hall of Famer and being the best player in a Knicks history while we, look, I, we do criticize that we do I'm not going to
1: I'm not going to say he's going to be better than Jordan, I'm not going to say he's going to be better than LeBron or any of those guys, but I well you've already the said guy, he's the, the going to be franchise changing.
2: You've I I do agree that's that's the potential franchise changing. I, and but think about do, this too. He,
1: he's if he goes to the Knicks, if he goes to the Knicks, the Knicks are back. The Knicks are back on the map. They are finally back into relevance, right? The, even if Zion Williamson turns out to be half the player that he thinks he is, the guy is just flat out box office. The, there are going to be free agents in the NBA. They're going to want to go play with Zion, and he hasn't played a game in the NBA yet. LeBron wants the kid. Yeah, I, like right? the, the if the Knicks were to get, and I I guess this is true for any team that gets him. If the Knicks were to get Zion Williamson, the Knicks are back. And the NBA, and this is why I think, you oh, know, be, uh, the Knicks it very will... well could be possible that the NBA could rig the lottery this year to make the to, to to give the Knicks the number one pick. Well, it would be such a Knicks thing to do, to botch it. You know, they they'll end up taking like Nasir Little or something like that with the first overall pick. But
2: I mean, if it, Zion goes to New York. There are going to be billboards all over the oh city, all over the town of him.
1: Oh my god! He, New York City would be renamed Planet Zion. <laughs> that, like that New is New Zion City. That's what I'm saying. Is is it will okay. be? Oh my gosh! New Zion City. And I honestly hope it happens. I really do. I I, I hope. You know, I would love to have him be a Cleveland Cavalier, but um, I know, if, right? But if the Knicks do get the number one overall pick, I I'd watch the Knicks next year. I would. I can't stand watching the Knicks now because they're so freaking bad and irrelevant. But I'd watch the Knicks next year if they were to get Zion.
2: All right. So actually I want to play this one little clip because you, right. you mentioned Then we the gotta Cav- go to break. You mentioned the Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they don't get Zion you might get John Morant. Now, this is last week I Get Out. I wouldn't want that. Jay, Jay Williams talked about I played this last week on Chalk Talk. Jay, I want to get your opinion on it. Because I like Colin Sexton. I, I think he's fine as a point guard. But this is Jay Williams and what he thinks and how Morant maybe translates better than someone like Zion to
0: Zion the NBA. Zion Williamson is the biggest celebrity in all sports right now. I don't think any GM will pass on him for the first pick in the draft. But John Morant's game potentially will translate to the NBA better. Let me tell you why. Because he's a combo guard. Think about all the combo guards that we see in the NBA right now. Now, some people can say, hey, he doesn't have the strength of Russell Westbrook, but he's having a better sophomore year than Russell Westbrook had at UCLA. And think about the kind of guards that we see in the league right now. Everybody from Trey Young, the kind of freedom he's playing with shooting-wise. You think about um, all the other guards that you see in the league, dynamic combo guards. He fits right into that style of play because of his ability to pass, shoot, and play with the basketball. He's dynamic. He's scary.
2: That was right before their loss to yeah. uh, FSU.
1: Well, no, John Morant is a is a phenomenal player it, in in terms of the Cavs and the Knicks, though. Like I, that's why I think he's a perfect fit for Phoenix because Phoenix. I think the Cavs and the Knicks have good young point guards. Like the, the Knicks, have, first of all, the Knicks have two. The Knicks have Dennis Smith and Frank Nilakina, who the I who, done nice. who I still like. And the Cavs have Colin Sexton, and they drafted him last year, who actually has had a really nice rookie season. So I think they could pass on them. All right, coming up next, Gronk retiring isn't bad for the Patriots. It's horrendous for the Patriots. I'll tell you why next. Coming up next here on the Haystack on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
0: You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. you're you're listening to the haystack show on the worldwide sports radio network
1: hey welcome back this is the haystack on the worldwide sports radio network i'm mike guido he's evan maz my producer good to have you in here on a tuesday again we're gonna take this minute by minute just because i really don't feel good and god just to kind of describe what this is like um I, i don't know if anybody has ever had what i've had before um and i'm sure plenty of you have, but, um, it just kind of feels like this. It's like a constant chest pain. You know what I mean? It, it, it kind of builds up your anxiety and everything like that. It gets pretty sharp and intense at certain points. Um, usually it goes away after like a minute or something like that. But, um, I don't know. It just, it gets pretty intense. It gets pretty tough to, to get through. Um, but we're working towards it. Uh, Okay. I, I wanna get into I, I wanna get into this because I, I I think that this means more than what people think. Um so yes uh I'm sorry, not yesterday, two days ago on Sunday, um Rob Gronkowski, the Patriots tight end who was long to be the uh, the best tight end in the uh in the NFL for about 6 or 7 years um retired from the uh retired from football yesterday. Uh there were some reports yesterday saying that, you know, he just kind of wants to take some time to sit and everything like that. I I got a real feeling that he's that he's just going to call it quits. Um you know, and there's a possibility that he might come back later in his career or maybe even he comes back a little bit this year. Um but I do believe that they that he is for the most part he's definitely going to move on from football. He'll go, you know, venture into the WWE or or something of that nature.
2: He's um, he's all I mean, he's all set. Rob Gronkowski, he he's TV, movie, shows, commercials. He doesn't have to come back to football
1: if he doesn't want to. He doesn't have to come back to football if he doesn't want to. Um, I, this might be, you know, just a move to be able to, you know, get get out of training camp, maybe practice less. You know what I mean? Just put a little bit of less stress on his body. But I have a real feeling that it's just going to be. Um, I have a real feeling that this this is going to be the, uh, going to be it for him.
2: You saw Joe Rosenhaus' comments. Did you see them? No, which
1: one? Oh, uh, he
2: said. Um, he said he feels that there's still a chance Gronk could come back. Like if things aren't going well. well yeah, okay,
1: yeah. Then I did. The see team is those, like yes. two and if the team yeah. is like
2: struggling or Brady wants him back, then he's going to come back.
1: Yeah, but here's the thing, and and, and it, you actually bring up a good point. That's a really good segue. Because um, I'll be honest with you. I really do believe that the Patriots are going to miss him a lot, and it, it, it is not going to be this kind of thing where they're going to just be able to work out of it. Losing Gronk is huge for the New England Patriots. Huge. Okay, let's let's throw this point out there and let's just get it out of the way, right? The, he's a blocker, right? So he's, he's a great blocking tight end. You lose that. That's replaceable, but you do lose that. Here's the part that isn't replaceable. Gronk, to me, the way that I've seen it, Gronk, to me, and I'm not going to call him the greatest tight end of all time because he isn't, okay? Tony Gonzalez has that locked up. Rob Gronkowski is the most physically dominant offensive weapon in the history of football.
2: Certainly over the last several years, seven, eight, nine years.
1: And it makes a difference for Tom Brady. It does.
2: I mean, think about this. Even, Even in his not really his best year, like this past season... He still made some huge, huge catches for the Patriots down the stretch in the season, into the postseason, and in the Super Bowl.
1: So here's, I, I, I saw this up. This is on the big lead, okay, and I, this is actually an article from from about a year ago. This is, this is as soon as I could uh, pull it up. So there's another season that isn't accounted for uh, in these numbers. But just to give you an idea, right, just to give you an idea, at this point, Gronk has been in the league for eight years, okay? Since 2010, he entered the league. And I don't want this to all uh, to all become about numbers, but these are pretty staggering. Okay, Tom Brady and Gronk, or let me let me put it to you this way: Gronk has played 113 games at that point. Okay, Tom Brady with Gronk, they had 113 games together, a 65 and a half completion percentage. Pretty good without Gronk and this is just 30 games, but it's enough. It's almost it's two seasons worth. 30 games without Gronk. That completion percentage jumps down 5%. Only a 60% completion percentage for Tom Brady. Now, if you want to look at this from a per 16 game rate, right? So this is over the stretch of what would be a would uh, what would be a full 16 game season. With Gronk, 4,700 yards, 36 touchdowns, eight interceptions for Brady. Without Gronk, a little bit under 4,400 yards, which don't panic. That's still pretty good. The completion percentage is is down a good amount. 27 touchdowns and 12 picks. So Tom Brady on a per-16 game basis would be projected to throw nine less touchdowns and four more interceptions without Gronk and have a lesser completion percentage. Tom Brady is a different player when Gronk does not play. And yeah, the Patriots still win games because Bill Belichick comes up with these incredibly, incredibly creative game plans where they can avoid that mess. But without Gronk, their offense is just different. The numbers back it up here. Look, I, I, I've I've said this before, and, and and this is part of the reason why I don't believe in you know, oh you could just you could just plug and play. You know, yeah, I I, I agree with with the whole stance that you know Bill Belichick could could take lesser players. And make them not seem like lesser players not, in, not necessarily turn them into great players But make them feasible But when a star player comes out Your players play differently That's just the way it is The story of the NFL is always about Use and replace when you need to Now look, it's very possible that now that Gronk's gone, the the, the Patriots are going to look at a tight end, a uh, tight end in this year's draft. I told, I was told that they were in on Jared Cook, but they're apparently they're not going to get him. No, he, it looks um, like he's
2: going to the Saints with Drew Brees. Which I mean, th- that fantastic for for that. That's going to be a great spot for yeah. him to go. Um, I think I could, I could. He may not drop to thirty-two, but I could see at least at thirty-two or trade up to get Noah Font.
1: Noah Fant could drop to 32 I think he could Um, The Patriots never trade up I think the Patriots will take Whoever is there at tight end at 32 Because Hawkinson will be gone
2: Hawkinson most likely might go top 10
1: Hawkinson will probably be gone Fant might be gone um, but I don't think they'd have any problem with taking Irv Smith Jr. If they, Irv Smith,
2: yeah. Mel if, Kuyper, actually, in his latest mock draft released this Irv morning. Has Irv Smith
1: going to the Patriots. At 32. I, I don't think that they'd mind spending a first-round pick on him. But, um, again, this is the kind of thing where you kind of need to pay attention and say, okay,
2: excuse me. Yeah, Sean Payton, just a quick Jared Cook news. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton just said this morning, today, that the deal is done. Jared Cook is a saint.
1: All right, so Jericho does go to New Orleans. That's a great spot for him to go. Um, Brady's a different player. I don't pull this out uh, out of nowhere. Without Gronk, Brady is just less. He is. And this is not a small sample size. This is eight seasons worth. Gronk's been riddled with injuries He's missed 30 games Two seasons worth of games And when Gronk doesn't play Brady's numbers dip And they don't just narrowly dip He throws nine less touchdowns He throws four more picks And his completion percentage goes down 5% And I know 5% doesn't sound like a big deal But in the NFL In football When you talk about completion percentage That's the difference between accurate and inaccurate. If you're at 60%, you're known as a pretty inaccurate thrower. If you throw the ball at 65%, you're pretty spot on. That's the difference between, oh, I don't know, that's the difference between somebody like Cam Newton and Russell Wilson. That's the difference right there as far as throwing the football. Tom Brady does not throw the ball as well without Gronk on the
2: field. Now, do you think I, this affects Sony Michelle and James White though? Because the Patriots really became, as the season progressed and into the postseason, a, little... a run, a run-oriented, pretty much run-oriented offense. Well, I
1: think if you, I think if you take out anybody from that offense, you know, obviously the, the better the player, the more significant the change. But it, it, taking Gronk out of that offense means there's going to be a big change for everybody. Sony Michelle, James White, Edelman, Josh Gordon. You know, whoever's going to be there, Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan. I Hogan's think is a free, a free agent. agent.
2: He's a free agent.
1: But any any player that is going to be there, it's going to be a big change in that offense. It is. So losing Gronk, I think, is going to be. It's it's going to be pretty bad for the Patriots. I think it's going to make a big big difference. But let's dip uh, dip into this as well, uh, talking about the Gronk conversation. Um, I I, I want to, and I touched on it a little bit before Gronk to me has earned a right into the Hall of Fame right I agree I, what if he had stayed healthier I think he it would have been a lot better for him uh after nine years in the NFL but we can't just sit here and say you know we I because I'll be honest with you in my lifetime and Tony Gonzalez played in my lifetime right I was I was old enough to see Tony Gonzalez play I was old enough to see a lot of these great tight ends play, like Witten and Antonio Gates and all these guys, right? Gronk is the most dominant tight end I've ever seen. Now, I don't I don't think he's the greatest. You're a Cowboy fan. You saw Jason Witten. Yeah. You've been watching Jason Witten for essentially almost yeah. his entire career. Jason Witten's got him in the blocking department, but from a receiving end, Gronk's got him beaten. Gronk's got him beat by a lot. Rob Gronkowski has... Legitimately placed himself, I would say, at least in the top three or four tight ends of all time. I wouldn't put him ahead of Tony. I wouldn't. Ha- I wouldn't put him ahead of Jason.
2: I have. I have Ozzie Newsome, Shannon Sharp. I'm not. Not in any order. Ozzie Newsome, Shannon Sharp, Tony, Tony Gonzalez, Jason Witten, Antonio Gates, Gronk, Dicka, John Mackey, Keller Winslow Senior, and Dave Casper. Those would be my personal top ten tight ends ever. Not in any particular order, but that's just who my guys would be. Uh,
1: I might put Gronk a little higher than six. I, I'd probably put him at four. I'd probably say Gronk. I, I'd probably say Tony, Jason. Jason's two. Yeah, I, I'd probably put Tony. I Tony Gonzalez, Jason Witten, and I don't know, maybe probably between Antonio Gates and Shannon Sharp. Mm-hmm. Probably between those two guys. I think he's better than Ozzie Newsome. I think he's better than Ditka. I think he's better than Dave Casper. Uh, I think he's better than Antonio Gates. Um, uh, well, may, he might be better than Antonio Gates. Who knows? But Gronk uh, Gronk has definitely earned himself into that spot. But I, I truthfully, I, I've never seen anybody more dominant at that position. To be honest, I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody more dominant at any offensive position in the history of the game. Just from a physical standpoint, from a you cannot stop this guy no matter what you try – I, Gronk, I, I, I don't think anybody has been more physically dominant than Gronk.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: He is that special of a player at tight end.
2: Just un, un, you can't, unblockable. You, you can't you cover him. him.
1: You can't tackle him when once he's got the ball, and you can't guard him. You can't you just cover can't.
2: him. Yeah, you couldn't cover him. He was that. He was that for uh, a, a huge of an impact and a ferocious player, and you just couldn't cover him. Right. Like you could. And he was, he
1: was that for like seven years. You know his. His rookie season was
2: alright. His last season this past year was alright. Uh um, But again, he kind of picked the, the kind of he still made some really nice catches down the stretch and into the postseason.
1: Well, yeah, when he, well, that's the thing, is when he was healthy, Gronk was Unstoppable. Basically as good as you get, right? I mean, he he was legitimately as good as you can get at at the tight end position when he was healthy. It's just I heard something yesterday. I forget where I heard it. but availability is the greatest ability. and Gronk didn't ha- it, Gronk almost never had that, right? He was healthy, and when he was healthy, he was great. but he he just he never was. He was never healthy. All right, uh, let's go to break. Coming up next. Um, LeBron James, uh, God, this story gets more interesting by the day. LeBron James just, how would I go about this? LeBron, uh, LeBron might have played last season hurt, and the guy still catches flack. I'll tell you what, it's so ridiculous next here in the Haystack Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
0: You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Wide Sports Radio Network.
3: Worldwide Wide Sports Radio
0: presents the, the, the Haystack Show with Mike Guido.
1: And it is so good to have you here on the Haystack of the World Wide Sports Radio Network. I heart radio tune in radios worldwide sports radio com, facebook live twitter periscope spotify we are everywhere you're in the right place number to call 631-676-2968 that is 631-676-2968 call us up join the conversation I'm Mike Guido he's Evan Mazza my producer again taking one minute at a time here uh hour number two I know it's twelve thirty, but it technically is hour number two Oops. um you
2: okay? Yeah, I into the <laughs> microphone. I've been bumping. I've been uh, running into a lot of things over the last couple of days. You bumped your head like three times today, are? Oh yeah, you? I bumped my head three times. I bumped my head on Saturday. I've been running into a lot of. I tell you, I I, I stubbed my foot the other day. I've been running into a lot of things the, other, the last couple of days. I don't know what's going on. Just be careful.
1: Like if you, if you go for a walk, just make sure you don't walk in the middle of the road or something. Oh,
2: I, I've been yeah, no, yeah. I've been I've been watching out for that. I go for a walk every. Uh, I try to go for a walk every day. I, I've been paying close attention to where I'm walking. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's another thing. I, know, I, I've been I've been trying to do that too. I I, I and I so. think I've succeeded. I've actually gone for a walk. I think every day. It,
2: that's it's for, a, that's actually really good for especially for you just to kind of just since it is anxiety, just to for, helps you know, my stomach, it helps your stomach kind of calm yourself down. Yeah. Plus it's helps. It's been really beautiful like like recently, Yeah. Last oh, week yeah. or so. Yeah. It's been really it's, nice. You're telling me. It's kind of cold still out, but it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, overall, i with you. I think, okay. uh, I think Renee says, Renee said it's supposed to be like in the sixties or something in the, over the weekend.
1: I think. Ooh, that'd, be, that'd nice. be nice. That'd be nice.
2: Uh, okay.
1: So I saw something and I'm pretty sure that, most people did. Uh, LeBron's physical trainer—I um, forget, forget exactly what her name was. It was some woman. Um, basically, posted on uh, posted on Twitter. Uh, it was a picture of her, and it was a picture of LeBron saying. Um, it was an Instagram post, I believe. Was it Instagram? I believe so. It was. It, it basically was saying. You know, it. LeBron's injury Here it should have held him out for like six months, and he was back in six weeks. I got
2: the post for you. Her name is um, Dr. Karen Jobert. Uh, she, Dr. Karen Jobert. I hope I'm pronouncing her last name right, but That's Dr. Karen Jobert. All right. Uh, uh, pic- read it for me. You it's go. a picture of her and LeBron. She says um, – as a personal trainer for 27 years, I've had the good fortune to work with some of the top athletes in the world. Then came LeBron James. I want you all to know how bad his injury was and is. The pain he endured, along with his amazing trainer, Mike Mancias. Again, I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right. Mm-hmm. Mike, Man- Mike, Man- Mike Mancius. <laughs> yeah. He was on the court in six weeks, and it should have been six months. Unselfishly, he endured pain, pain, pain. He did not want to let the Lakers down, the fans down. But I know what he went through. I learned about determination, the will to win, how to get the job done. He is a force to be reckoned with. LeBron James. Um, yeah, that's the post. Hashtag LeBron James. Uh, hashtag Lakers. Hashtag basketball. Hashtag LeBron. So that was, that was the post. Oh. So, you know,
1: here's my here's my biggest takeaway from that. You know, I I... I I read a lot of the comments on it and everything I hear is, oh, he's just, here's classic old LeBron. He's coming up with excuses on why the Lakers aren't great this year and blah, blah, blah. Okay. First of all, let's get this. Let's get this straightened out. He can't win, can he? Because let's say this. Let's say LeBron didn't play for the rest of the year. Oh well, see, he, he he gave up on the season. He didn't come back. He didn't play hurt. He didn't he didn't do any of that. He he gave up on his on his team and his teammates. See, that's classic LeBron right there. Things don't go his way. He just gives up. And then what would have happened if this post comes out? Oh yeah, now now he's making excuses for why he didn't play. Okay, so he did come back and play. He, he averaged twenty seven eight and eight, you know, this year. He still is. I shouldn't say, you know, was because Steven's still on. But twenty seven, eight and eight this year.
2: Actually what's interesting is she deleted that post.
1: Yeah, I know she deleted she it. She did. Yeah. Um which makes me think that LeBron, that she posted it, and LeBron said, and LeBron said, "Hey, it, look, it's th- okay. I I appreciate it, but yeah. take it down. It's it's all right. Yeah, I uh, appreciate
2: it, but yeah, you know, it's okay. Yeah,
1: that's that's what I think. Um, so he does play. The Lakers really d- don't play much better when he comes back because they just the Lakers are a bad basketball team. They just are. They don't play well defensively. They don't shoot the ball well. It's just they're they're not very good, right?" And now this post comes out after they get eliminated from the playoffs and they say, and then the fans say, oh, see, he's, he's, he's coming up with excuses on why they didn't make the playoffs. You know, he, he played and they didn't get any better, so he's coming up with more excuses. So, exactly what was supposed to happen. This is why LeBron hatred is the most unsupported irrelevant hatred of anybody in sports it is look I don't I I know everybody says that I jump to LeBron's defense like nobody else's business I do I absolutely do I look I love LeBron I do me and him disagree on a lot of things as far as worldview goes but as a basketball player and as a person I I, look I love LeBron I do he's giving to the community I, I first of all I think he's the best player to ever play I love LeBron, but if you try to look at things through a clear lens for a split second, I mean, think about this situation rationally. What could LeBron have done in this situation that would have made friends happy, uh, fans happy? Not get hurt? I mean, like, it's, I heard this yesterday as well. And especially when it comes to Los Angeles, because Laker Town is all Magic and all Kobe. It's those two. You know, maybe you could sprinkle some Jerry in there, and maybe some Kareem, and you know. But that's really Shaq. Uh, Not even Shaq. Shaq. I think.
0: think Shaq.
1: Shaq. Look, I, I give Shaq more credit than Kobe in the. Three titles that they won together because I think Shaq was more dominant than Kobe ever was, but Sha- Kobe is by far more beloved by F- LA fans than Shaq is.
2: Absolutely, but I still think he's he's probably still other than his time in Orlando and Miami, he's probably more remembered as a, as a Laker. He spent almost ten years there, ninety six to two thousand four.
1: No, no, no. I I get that. What I'm saying is, once Kobe came around, that that kind of you know Shaq kind of took the the back seat as far as in the fans eyes um but lebron i think and and this is this started from the beginning of the season lebron could literally have done nothing to earn respect from la fans nothing seriously what could what could lebron have done to make la fans happy Despite, other than winning a title, even though everybody that watches basketball or even follows basketball to the slightest extent knew that this year, it was really highly unlikely. I was the guy. I was the biggest defender of the Lakers all year. You know that. I did the Laker buy-in meter, expecting it to go up every week. We
2: still have to do that, by the way. We're still doing know, we'll an, do it. and We are our, doing we'll do an end of Thursday. a season. No, we We've actually
1: doing... got a couple of special guests coming on Thursday. Oh yeah. I'm I'm super excited about it. Um good friend of mine and a good friend of the network, um, Alex Russell's gonna be coming in on Thursday, as well as another artist that he um that he does a lot of work with, Jamie Duraz, she's coming in as well. Right. That's going to be great. Uh, they're going to be here for about an hour. They're going to be here, I think, from noon to 1 o'clock. Cool. And it's going to be cool. absolutely fantastic. I'm so excited for it. But, again, that's coming out, That's coming on Thursday. Um, But I, I defended the Lakers more than anybody else this year. I said the Lakers were going to get to the conference finals, and everybody called me crazy. And I still believe that if LeBron never got hurt, that was still a realistic possibility. But, nobody, even, even me, I was like, there is absolutely no way that any team in the NBA, I, as, even now, right, I, even now, with as how everybody's so high on the Rockets, and everybody's loving Oklahoma City, and everybody, everybody loves Milwaukee, and, and the Boston Celtics, and they love all those teams, nobody is beating Golden State. Nobody's beating Golden State, Right? I mean, why do you think, and I'm going to put a topic on this on Thursday as well, why do you think that March Madness in college basketball has been so highly rated this year as opposed to other years? Because everybody knows the end result in the NBA, and nobody knows what's going to happen in college basketball. Nobody does. Plus, they've got the next great superstar in Zion. That's a big part of it too. But that's the big reason why. But anyway, when we talk about what LeBron could do to earn respect, the only answer really is uh, win titles, or else we're just going to be pissed at you every year. That's what happens. I, I mean, I look at this LeBron hate, and every little thing. When Kieran came on this uh, came on this show, and we talked about it for a couple of uh, for about a half hour on this show, right? We talked about this, and we said, you know. I Every little thing about LeBron James's career gets nitpicked. Every single thing, right? Especially when you talk about him and Jordan together, right? If you talk about Michael Jordan, you only talk about what happens when he succeeded. When you talk about LeBron, you only talk about what happens when he failed. That's really the answer. And nobody can tell me I'm wrong. When was the last time you heard a Jordan-LeBron argument without hearing, Oh, but... 2011 NBA Finals and oh he never he's he's not clutch he doesn't take the last shot and uh everything that gets brought up about LeBron is not about how great he is it's about how much he failed my I have to keep reminding everybody and and this is why this argument's so hard to win because so many people are on this side Jordan made it to the finals six uh, six years and he went six for six that's fantastic But he played for 15. He didn't just play six years. He played for 15 years. So that means nine other years he got eliminated before the finals. LeBron James has played in the NBA for, this is his 16th season. Yeah, He's been to the NBA finals how many years? Nine?
2: Eight. Eight years in a row.
1: He went eight years in a row and then he went that one, that one year in 07 in Cleveland. So that's nine. He went to the finals nine years, so more than half of his career. that is more than half of his 16-year career. He went to the NBA Finals. I'm telling you right now, the, the last time, and this year is going to be different. This will be the first time that I have not that I have seen LeBron uh, that I haven't seen LeBron James in an NBA Finals since I was in eighth grade, since I was 13 years old. 2010 when it was Lakers Celtics when, when it was when it was pal Gasol and Kobe Bryant in their prime right Damn. against against Ray Allen Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett
2: i was a and Rondo like Celtics Lakers you were eighth grade you said when Kendrick Perkins was still the Celtics starting center Glenn Davis don't forget about big, big baby. Big baby Don't Davis. Forget about my boy Glenn Davis. Right, exactly. Uh, I was in. You were in eighth grade. I was in eighth grade. I was thirteen years old. This is twenty ten, right? Two thousand ten.
1: You're a few. You're a couple years older than me.
2: Um, yeah, I was a sophomore in high school. Definitely, definitely sophomore yeah. in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But see,
1: that's the thing, is Jordan's been eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. LeBron hasn't. You never hear that side, though. It's just this irrelevant hate that LeBron gets. It's almost like it's it's almost like an how uh, like a how dare you, like right? For, when we talk about the goat conversation, and this, this all ties back into Los Angeles. When you talk about the goat conversation, somebody says, "Oh, LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan." Oh, how dare you say that? How dare LeBron James be better than Michael Jordan? Right. In Los Angeles, same concept. How dare LeBron James be mentioned as better as better than Kobe Bryant or better than Magic Johnson? How dare he? How dare they? That Magic Johnson and Kobe Bryant are legends in LA. LeBron James couldn't earn their respect. He couldn't earn their respect if he tried. Even though I, the way that I see it, he's doing everything right. He's doing everything a Laker fan would love. Even after they got eliminated from the playoffs, you know what LeBron James said to that reporter after the game? He said, "Look, there is such a thing as game gods. I am not gonna throw the rest of the season. I'm yeah, still
2: gonna play every. I'm still gonna play play to win every night." He said, "I would never." He said after the win against the Kings, where he got the triple his eighth triple double uh 81st of his career i would never cheat myself but i I know i know we're out of the playoff race but if i'm out i'm I'm, I'm, but if i'm on the court i'm gonna play how i play and i play to win so i will never cheat the game yeah there's such a thing isn't that
1: what you want like isn't that what laker fans want to hear lebron say because you know who would say that kobe bryant kobe i don't care if we're eliminated from the playoffs look i'm still gonna play my heart out every night in fact, might I say this? At the end of Kobe's career, when the Lakers weren't very good, how many times did you see Kobe say, I, "You know what? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take a few nights off." But it was understood by the Laker community because you know why. Kobe won five titles for us. It's okay. He, if he worked so hard for so many years, it's all right if he takes a night off. That's what it was. But since this is LeBron now... <laughs> see, I told you LeBron didn't have heart. How dare he? He can't take a night off. Well, he just told you he's not taking a night off. And you're still not happy. It's just sour grapes.
2: I think it's also just disappointment. They, they, they expected... The Laker fan base expected to make the playoffs they were t- the Laker fan base. Now I'm not defending That's them how for the bl- whole brainwash <coughs> they are. I'm not defending them for the whole Kobe Lebron thing. That was a little I don't know weird to me. It's ridiculous. I mean, you should be ha- instead of fighting over who is better, you should be happy. Oh my gosh, we got we we got Lebron James. Yeah. After losing Kobe a few years ago, <laughs> right? Thank you. You should, you should be happy. Like,
1: yeah. I mean, be thrilled fight- that you be thrilled that you got Kareem Magic. Well, actually, well, first. You got Wilt, Wilt Kareem, Jerry, Ma- uh, J- yeah, J- uh, Jerry, Jerry came was. first. Oh, Jerry, yeah. Yeah, Wilt, Wilt Elgin, Jerry, Kareem, Magic, uh, Shaq, Shaq, Kobe, and now LeBron. Like... Paul <laughs> Gasol. But, well, Pow. I don't think is... About, he, said, helped,
2: he helped the Lakers when.
1: Yeah, but he's just, not. He's, Pau Gasol's not an all-time great. I mean, maybe not. The guys I, we're talking I,
2: about now are, are
1: legends of the game. Like, I you understand. Could, you can tell the story of basketball without including Paul
2: Gasol I, in there. No, I, I understand. I, mean? I understand, but I'm just saying I think Pow did help this team, did help the team a lot in the late, mid-2000s. I'm
1: sure he uh, agreed, but he was always Kobe's second fiddle. You know what I mean? He was always, like, Kobe was by far the best player on that team. But uh on those teams I but should But yeah now say. you got
2: LeBron James and instead of fighting over who was better you should Appreciate just, and br- yeah. just embrace the fact oh my gosh guys we got LeBron but i think there was also a lot of laker fans who were told by a lot of people the second he signed there oh my god LeBron James could carry a team to a playoffs he could he could carry a team to the postseason. he got this guy he, yeah. he can do this he's got they can get they can go from 30 some wins to 48 50 wins whatever and i think they feel a little not betrayed, but just let down, so i think I think that's how they feel, and I think that's what everyone I think not only the Laker fan base, but also the uh the majority of the people are just disappointed with it. Is it LeBron's mm-hmm. own fault not really i i he went to the lake I didn't want him to go to the Lakers. I want to go to either Philly or San Antonio. those are the two spots I wanted him to go to. He went to l a he chose l a that that's all well and good. that's all fine, but the Lakers really, were a team
1: at the end of the day it was it really did boil down to. Either going to the Lakers or staying in Cleveland, like those, those I think were really the 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 options. Do you think he ever seriously considered going back to Cleveland? Oh yeah, sure. I, look, I I think if you're him, right? If if you're LeBron, I mean, your your family's made a life there, right? I mean, your kids right. go to school there. I mean, it's where you're from. I mean, you you love this franchise. You just hate the owner. You know, like that's the one thing I never understood. The Cavs could have been. All time great with LeBron. If it weren't for Dan Gilbert, if it weren't for Dan Gilbert, the Cavs could have been legit all time great, but they weren't. Uh, all right, let's go to break. Coming up next, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go straight to this. I'm gonna make predictions, my final season predictions, awards and standings for this year in Major League Baseball. We're doing the whole kit. The Every pool. division. I'm going to go every playoff matchup. The whole kick caboodle. I'm going to pick a World Series winner and my favorites for all the awards. Manager of the – I'm going deep as manager of the year. Let's do it. Get that.
2: It's cool. Hey, let's do it. I got I got a couple of – I got a couple of cash for manager of the year.
1: All right. That's coming up next. Haystack, Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
0: You're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're listening to the haystack show on the worldwide sports radio network
1: and welcome back this is the haystack on the worldwide sports radio network i'm mike guido he's evan mazza my producer we got predictions coming up just about right now, uh, now? all right so <clears throat> oh, there we go finally all right yeah uh yeah my headphones were glitching out for a minute
2: uh, uh anyway that's been happening a lot recently yeah i don't know why
1: um all right, so I got standings predictions, award predictions, playoff predictions. I've got basically everything. I prepared same here last night.
2: I just, I just did it. Just, I just, uh, bleh, I just mm-hmm. did it just now. All right, so um, I'm gonna, you know what
1: I'm gonna do? I'm gonna skip the division part, and I'm just gonna put where I, uh, I'm gonna put playoff seedings. Mm-hmm. All right, so the American League. Here's what I got. I got the Astros at one, the Yankees at two. The Indians at 3, the Red Sox at 4,
2: and I got the Minnesota Twins at 5. The Twins are maybe one of the more interesting teams to watch this year. They, right. They're they either going to compete or they're going to be really bad. And the first
1: three teams out in this order are Tampa, the Angels, and the A's. I, th- I, I think the A's are going to be one of the more overrated teams in baseball this year. I think they wow. had a nice run last year, but their roster still is not very good um so that's that. So the American League uh, that's the American League, the National League here's the way I got the bracket shaping up. the Cardinals at one, the Dodgers at two, the Atlanta Braves at three, the Chicago Cubs at four and the Philadelphia Phillies at five um and the first three teams out in this order are the Milwaukee Brewers, the New York Mets, and the Colorado Rockies, and then the Washington Nationals, who I have, uh, there are a lot of people that have them winning the division and maybe even going to the World Series. I have the Nationals as the ninth best team in the National League. I do. I think they're going to miss, they're going to miss Bryce Harper. And it isn't even from a talent perspective. I think it's going to be a lot from the swagger perspective. There won't be that same energy in Washington anymore. So I have the Nationals uh, finishing ninth. Um, All right, so playoffs, here we go. AL wild card game, Red Sox and Twins. The Twins are just happy to be there. I'm going to take the Red Sox. So the Red Sox and the Astros will play in the ALDS as well as the Yankees and the Indians. I'm going to take the Indians, and I'm going to take the Houston Astros. uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to take the Yankees, and I'm going to take the Houston Astros to go to the ALCS. And guess what? Guess what? The, the Yankees are in the World Series. The New York Yankees will head to the World Series.
2: <laughs> Yankees are in the World Series.
1: Again. Again. All right. Uh, the National League, the National League wild card game, that'll be the Cubs and the Phillies. I'm going to take the Cubs. So the Cubs will play the Cardinals in the NLDS. That'll be fun. That'll be
2: a lot of fun. Uh,
1: with the Braves and Dodgers playing in the NLDS, I'm going to take Cardinals, Dodgers, in the NLCS, and I'm going to take the St. Louis Cardinals. To go to the World Series, so Yankees, Yankees, Cardinals, Cardinals, in the World Series, and the winner of that World Series will be the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees. For the 28th time. I, I do uh, look. It, it's not just because I'm a Yankee fan. I promise you. I think the Yankees are best built right now for a deep postseason run. I think strong pitching staffs are going to have to deal with a really tough lineup that's just as strong. So I'm going to take the Yankees over the Cardinals in the World Series. That's what I think. Uh, all right. So if we move. Good old John Sterling. Yankees win. Good old John Sterling. All right. So let's go with the award predictions. These are a little less meaningful, but we'll go for it anyway. Let's start with manager of the year. Uh, I, usually give, I usually like to give this award out to, and I think the writers do too, they like to give this award out to the manager of the team that surprised us the most. Yes. Right?
2: So I am going to go. Because it would be, be easy to give a turn to a Terry Francona, Joe Madden. <laughs> In the American League, I'm going to go with
1: first-year manager, Rocco Baldelli good of pick. the Minnesota Twins. Good pick. I think that's going to be good because, I, again, I think the Twins are going to make the playoffs this year, and I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. So Rocco Baldelli, manager of the year for the AL and for the National League, the manager of the best team in the National League, in my opinion. I'm going to go with Mike Schilt of the St. Louis Cardinals. I think it's pretty fair. The Cardinals went from not being in the playoffs to being the best team in the National League, in my opinion. So Rocco Baldelli of the Twins in the AL and Mike Schilt of the Cardinals in the National League. So that's for manager of the year. Rookie of the year, American League. I'm pretty sure it's self-explanatory at this point. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He's going to be in the big leagues this year at some point, and I think once he does, I, he's going to dominate the game for a good at least two months. I, I think he's uh, there are going to be times where he comes back down to earth a little bit, but Vlad Guerrero Jr. I think he's going to put up serious numbers when he comes up. Uh, so Vlad Guerrero of the Toronto Blue Jays will win American League Rookie of the Year and National League Rookie of the Year. I kind of have an unpopular pick. I'm going to go with Luis Urias of the San Diego Padres. I think he's going to have a phenomenal year. I think eventually when Tatis Jr. comes up, he's going to move over to second base and replace Ian Kinsler. Um, and I think that that infield is going to end up being one of the best in baseball by the end of it when you look at their young catchers with with Austin Hedges and Francisco Mejia. The corner infield, you're going to have Eric Hosmer and Manny Machado. And then in the middle infield, you're going to have Tatis and Urias. I like Luis Urias to do it this year, winning National League Rookie of the Year. All right, Cy Young. I'm going to make the same prediction last year. Uh, this year as I did last year For the American League Cy Young Award winner I really swore at the beginning of the year That I was going to get it right I think it's going I think he's going to do it this year Give me Justin Verlander To win the American League Cy Young Award um, I picked him to do it last year And at the beginning of last year It looked like he was going to do it um, But then Blake Snell just came out of nowhere And started dominating the game of baseball um, So Justin Verlander the American League the Houston Astros get their Cy Young um, and in the National League I just I'm sorry I can't go against Max Scherzer mm-hmm. I just can't I, Max Scherzer to me overall is the is the best pitcher in baseball I think he has been for a few years now um, and it just seems uh, the guy won two straight before this he came in second last year the, it's just it, it's kind of just like okay well you didn't win it this year so we're going to give it to you next year That's basically the way he performs. You know, even if he loses, he loses by that much. You know, if Jacob DeGrom didn't have a 170 R.A. last year, he would have won it last year, too. So, give me Max Scherzer of the Washington Nationals to win the National League Cy Young. Uh, All right, so Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer. Those are my Cy Young Award winners. Here's the big one, the MVP. American League, you already know this one. The American League MVP, and I think he's shown it this spring, and I know it's just spring training, but he just looks different. Give me Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees. I think he is just a different hitter this year. He's striking out less. Um, New approach at the plate, too. There's just a new approach at the plate. Um, He does something different when there's two strikes, so I think he's going to get more hits. He's going to drive in more runs, and if he stays healthy, I think he's one of the best players in our game. Give me Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees to win AL uh, AL MVP and National League. This is a tough one. Second year in a row. Where his first year with a new team, he will win MVP. Give me Paul Goldschmidt of the St. Louis Cardinals to win MVP. I think he's going to have a phenomenal year. He's playing in—I in, think he's playing in a better ballpark. He's playing in. He's playing in a lineup that surrounds him with more talent. Um, I think he's going to drive in more runs. I think he's going to hit for a higher average. Um, give me Paul Goldschmidt to win National League MVP. For the St. Louis Cardinals Alright
2: We actually agree on a couple of them In the division In the American League division I got the proceedings I got the Astros at 1 The Yankees at 2 Too many injuries for the Yankees for me right now To start the season off And again Too many pitching questions at the starting rotation The Astros I still think So I still think the Astros as of now Tops the Yankees So Astros 1 Yankees 2 Cleveland 3 Boston and Oakland The top 4 in the wild card Boston I think beats the A's in the wild card game which means we get Boston, the Astros, and the Yankees and the Indians. Yankees, I think, will beat Cleveland. Astros, I think, will beat the Red Sox. Astros-Yankees ALCS, tough one, seven-game series. I'm taking the Astros in seven. Think you too stink. much. I just think too much Verlander, too much Verlander to me for the Yankees, and you know, I think Garrett Cole will help out too. But too much Justin Verlander. I just think the the Astros right now, even the offense, I think they just, they just know how to hit better than the, the Yankees to me seem more like a power hitting team, a home run hitting team. The Astros can drive you guys in, get on base. They do the little things right. So I think the Astros after kind of after losing to the Red Sox last year in the ALCS, I think they get back to the World Series of the American League. In the National League, I got the Cardinals at one. You convinced me about the Cardinals. I, I was kind of going between the Cardinals and the Brewers. They're nasty good. This Cardinal team looks I'm just watching them in spring training too. The Cardinals just look tremendous. So Cardinals won. This was I'll say Cardinals won. This was tough but I'm going to say the Phillies at two. The Phillies get the two seed. The Dodgers get the three. The Mets, Brewer, Brewers, Mets, wild card. I say the Mets beat the Brewers in the wild card game. I, I, Jacob if, the Mets, DeGrom, if the Mets make the playoffs, they're going to be dangerous. If, if, yeah, because, because of that, pitching that, staff. that pitching staff. And I think with that, Jacob DeGrom against the, against the Brewers, I think DeGrom would take care of them. So I think Mets move on after they beat Milwaukee, which means I would have Mets, Cardinals. I'll take the Cardinals in four, or I'll say the Cardinals in four or five. In the division series, the Phillies would then take on the Dodgers. I'll take on. I'll. will pick the Phillies to beat the Dodgers. I mean, it's that's a little weird. It's. I know that's interesting because I, I kind of. I'm kind of going back and forth with that too. Because again, the Phillies have just became a team. The Dodgers have been there before, but I just feel like. I, and I had the Dodgers before in the World Series when we did this on Chalk Talk. But just thinking about it more, seeing again the another Kershaw injury ca- issues, injury injury concerns. I'll say the Phillies over the Dodgers. And Bryce Harper gets past the first round. But he won't get past the second round because he will lose to the Cardinals. And I say the Cardinals and the Astros in the World Series with the Astros great series and the Astros winning in seven. Wow. And the, the Astros Ast- winning another World Series? I think the Astros win it again. I think they're ready for it. They, they lost to the Red Sox last year. They got that kind of they got that World Series off their back. Can't really call it a hangover because I got back to the ALCS. But I say they get back to the World Series this year. Can I
1: say this though about the Astros? Go right ahead. The one thing that scares me about the Astros—the bullpen? No, it's their rotation. It's their rotation. I'm not past, that concerned. Past Verlander and Cole. After Verlander and Cole, their next best guy is who? Wade Miley? I'm like I, that's I'm that's not... that's what I'm concerned about. Is they, their rotation's not deep? And I I understand. They, I think that there's a chance that they might be uh, they might bring back Dallas Keuchel. I was going to say that yes, but. Even with that, I, I it it scares me a little. You know what I mean? I think losing Charlie Morton was big. Not having Lance McCullers for the whole year, I think, is a big deal.
2: I don't know. But I, the Yankees starting rotation scares me too. What's the true health of Severino? Can he be a true ace? Paxton needs to show he's an ace and also stay healthy. Tanaka needs to stay healthy.
1: Uh well I think and, that I think the, the Astros definitely have an ace in, in Verlander. Garrett Cole can be streaky.
2: How also. effective will Gio Gonzalez be That's, in hitters in a hitter's ballpark right. like Boston
1: and New York? You're right. I, I guess the reason I like the Yankee rotation a little bit more is because there's more of those. Like the Yankees probably don't have an ace, right? Luis Severino probably is not an ace yet. We don't but know. But they've got they've got a they've got like a rotation full of twos and threes. You know what I mean? Like Paxton's a two. Severino's a two. Tanaka's a two. You know what I mean? Like it's Tanaka's two. Gio, Gio He's three. Gio, Gio or four. Gio, Gio a three. Haps a three. Like they've got a rotation full of middle uh, middle of rotation guys they don't have that super stud but it is really deep they've got a lot of they have a lot of good pitching
2: i agree that the yankees the yankees bullpen is the best in baseball and that bullpen could easily get them to the world series because it's that dominant but i just think the i think too much again too much verlander for me even then that in that series of the options of the yankees for the awards the match of the year this was tough for me in the National League with David Bell, Andy Green, and Dave Mortiz. I think the Nationals are going to shock some people and show that they're going to compete in this division. This NL East is going to be a 314 race. I think the Nationals are going to compete, but I'm going to pick David Bell of the gonna, Cincinnati Reds. I'll
1: tell you what, you know who you know who's going to win manager of the year if they make the playoffs? Mickey Calloway. I'll agree. I, I, that's a good pick. Mickey Callaway would win Manager of the Year if the Mets make the playoffs.
2: That I would. I. That's a good pick. I could see it happening, but I don't think the Reds will make the playoffs. But I think David Bell and the Reds are going to have a nice year, and they're going to really show some people that they're on the right track. Tough division. They're not there yet, but that's they're going to show a lot of people that they're there. So I'm going to say David Bell and the NL, and I'm I'm throwing the I'm throwing the hail mary. I'm throwing the mid court shot for the AL. Brad Osmus of the Angels. They right. got Trout to the new contract. I know they've kind of been kind of picking pieces here and there in the starting pitching with guys like Harvey and I think Cahill. Um, this is a tough AL West, but I do think they will compete. I, I could see them maybe overtaking the A's in the wild card, but I'm going to stick with the A's in the wild card for that second spot. But I'm going to say Brad Osmus. I think he'll surprise a lot of people. And the Rookie of the Year, we agree on the American League. It's going to be Vlad Vlad Jr. This man is ready. He is ready to come up and play right now. It's a shame he's hurt. It's a shame he's injured right now. But when he comes back and ready to go, I can see him really just setting the world on fire and showing how good he really is. Agreed. Call me bias. But I I guess call me bias. Pete Alonzo. Pete Alonzo, financially Rookie of the Year. I was thinking about that too. This dude looks ready to go and hit. This he's probably gonna give you 240 to 250, slug you a lot of homers, get you. Some, you know, he might he might strike out a ton against some big league, get some. That's true the big only reason coaching. I
1: didn't have him was because I think he, I, I don't but, know how much of an average he's gonna hit for.
2: Sure, I could see it, but I'm gonna say Pete Alonso because I think he's gonna make such an impact in New York, in New York for the Mets, take the New York take the city by storm. You know, to just really be he he really could become. One of the a focal points of New York baseball as the season goes along, which will which helps him a lot because it is New York. and helps him a lot in the in the voters' perspective, and the writers. I just and I also think Alonzo is going to make an impact for overall for the team. I really do, and I just love watching this kid. This kid can hit. It's it isn't just home runs. This man He's can flat really, out hit. He
1: is really fun to watch. So
2: I'm going to say Pete Alonzo for another rookie of the year. Cy Young. I agree with you. Verlander in the American League. I think Verlander's going to have a huge year. And they're going to need him, I agree, but I say Verlander's going to have a huge year. I agree with him for Cy Young and Scherzer too. So we're, we're both in the American League and NL Cy Young. Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. And we're both all in on Aaron Judge. I've been saying it for a month, about a month or so. Really, a couple months. Aaron Judge is going to win. He's going to win MVP. He is all set and ready to go. It'll be Aaron Judge or Mike Trout because Mike Trout basically wins. Mike every Trout year. too, but Aaron Judge is just—he's re- this guy is going to have a phenomenal year. And the way he's hitting right now in spring training is just helping that. Is just helping that case. He is just—he looks ready to go. And he just looks locked in. You know, there are guys who enter years and they're just locked in. Aaron Judge is one of those guys entering the 2019 MLB season. So yeah, Aaron Judge. NLMVP NL MVP, Chris Bryan.
3: Ooh. Last
2: year, 272, 13 homers, was injured a bit, was, uh, played 102 games. I think he's going to stay healthy. This is a big year. Apparently, him and Anthony Rizzo were not happy about Chili Davis. So Chili Davis, they let him go, brought in a new guy. Uh, I think Chris Bryan will stay healthy. I think the home runs, he hit 26, 39, 29 homers the three years prior. I say he gets back to the 20-30 to 30 homer ratio. He'll get over 100 RBIs. I say he gets his batting average to 292, 295, maybe to 300. I think Chris Bryant's going to have a real big year for the Chicago Cubs because he kind of has to. And Chris Bryant could be another one of those guys. As we approach next offseason, he has a big year like this. He will get paid. I could see it too with Chris Bryant. So Chris Bryant is my pick for an MVP.
1: Chris Bryant, that's an interesting one. That's it. I, I didn't give much thought into Chris. I think Chris Bryant's due for a bounce back. Never considered him for MVP. That's interesting, but I like it. That's that actually I I could see that happening. Your pick is Goldschmidt,
2: right? My pick's Goldschmidt. I could see it too with Goldschmidt. I th- I he him and him and him and Bryant will be fun to watch in that division.
1: I'll tell you what. You know who's gonna be a dark horse for National League MVP? Who? That man on the TV, Josh Donaldson. Oh Josh.
2: Oh my gosh! I can't. I
1: can't. He's, I just a, can't. I, look, I. I'm not going to say that he's going to be in it. But I am going to say I think that it is possible for him to have a really, really nice season in Atlanta. Really nice. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to stay healthy. You're right. He's got to stay
2: healthy. But, all right, that does it for the predictions. That's a tough one. Trust me. I, 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 could, I could see him having a... That's actually another problem I have with the Atlanta Braves. You could see some drop-offs with them with guys like Acuna and Ozzy Albies. I, I don't know about... Josh Donaldson. I don't know about Brian McCann. I know McCann's more going to be a reserve role. That's a home. That a hom- oh, it was a flyout. Watching the Braves. Uh, Red. He put game. a charge into that ball. He did. But just question marks for the Braves. Starting pitching too for the Braves. I like Tuki Toussaint, but it's just question mark and Fultonovich. Fultonovich. Fulton they've got so much young pitching.
1: Yeah, like, I agree. D- Nukem Toussaint. Uh, I think you're going to see Kyle Wright this year. I think you're going to see Mike Soroka this year. You're, you're going to see a lot of those guys. And again, Fulton Avich and Tehran, yeah, yeah. You, you never know what you're going to get out of them. It's a question. But they're another one of those teams that just has a lot of pitching. Mm-hmm. They've question. got a lot of young pitching. And don't be surprised if they try to make a move. Can
2: they get Kimball? I mean, I'd be, I'd be more comfortable with their bullpen. I, if they got Kimball. I'm, right I'm not sure should, about their bullpen either.
1: They, they should be all in on him. They should be all in on him. They got. Their their back end's not awful with Arotis Viscaino and Blake Parker, but um, they could use that stone cold closer, yeah. Like Craig Kimbrel, I think it'd be a great fit.
2: I could see Atlanta. It's
1: having so ridiculous how Keichel and Kimbrel are still out there.
2: Two days before the start of two days before the the season gets true uh, gets underway all over MLB, and yeah, Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrel nowhere. Not, how in the, how in
1: the world is that possible? I don't know. It's crazy. I don't know, but I have a feeling that somebody's going to get signed tomorrow, though. Somebody maybe will. Today. Somebody will get signed tomorrow. I have a feeling the Astro. I think the Astros are going to sign Keuchel tomorrow. I, I think it's going to happen because mm-hmm. I don't think Keuchel wants to not be on a roster opening day. I agree. You know what I mean? I think Keuchel is probably to the point where maybe he'd take a one or two year deal. You know what I mean? I think, I think it's possible. All right. So that does it for that. Um, you know what? <clears throat> You no, know let's uh let's call it quits for today.
2: I had a feeling you we're gonna wrap the show. Yeah. I did. I had a feeling. Yeah, you were predictions wrap the show. a good
1: is a good way to end it up. Uh, and you know I'm what we, not feeling great, but we you are, know. we
2: got we got through two, two hours. hours. We got through two hours of two show. Hours. I, like, it, the, just the more we keep going through this, the more thing we keep going through this, we take it one day, one minute at a time. You'll be back in the full state. You were back in the full state these last couple of weeks. You know, you prior prior to last week. Yeah, so,
1: right.
2: you know, like I said, taking one day at a time, one minute at a time, one step at a time. You know, we'll be all good.
1: All right, so we'll I. I we will not be here tomorrow. Evan's gonna to be producing ah, Chalk talk. talk but I will not be here tomorrow. Another medical thing, God. Um ooh. That's a
2: double who who hit that?
1: Uh Derek Dietrich. Oh, it looks da-
2: like. That's another guy I think will help out the Reds, Derek Dietrich. I like the Reds. Their, I really
1: do. Their lineup's gonna be good. I they've, like the they've Reds. They've got a lot of good pieces. They just that's another team that needs pitching. They do. Like they, they're gonna be banking on Sonny Gray. Luis Castillo. Sonny Gray, Tanner Roark, Alex Wood. Like, a lot of guys they brought in. They're an improved team. I think they're going to be, like, fourth. Just a tough, I still think the Cardinals, Cubs, and Brewers are better yeah, than them.
2: It's a fourth. It's a I third, think they're better than the
1: Pirates, though. Third or, four,
2: third or fourth place team in a real tough division with yeah. Chicago. Who That's could, the best division in baseball. Chicago, who could compete or maybe be 500. I mean, I'm not entirely sold on the Cubs. I, I do have them missing the playoffs. Uh the card but yeah, the Carls and the Brewers especially. The, boy, those two teams are gonna be in a those two teams especially will be in a will be in a head on brawl for that division right. title. All right, so that does
1: it for us. Evan mazza my producer, I'm Mike Guido. This has been the Haystack on the worldwide sports radio network. I know it hasn't been this way lately, but normally you'd have us every day Monday through Friday, eleven A. M. to two P. M. Eastern time. Chalk Talks coming up next. That's Renee Canales, John Fogarty Jimmy Boccioni and Big Mikey Rifkin. You're not going to want to see that. Uh, not going to want to miss that. Sorry. Um, you got them till 4 o'clock. Until then, we'll see
0: you. Peace. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.